This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Easy money, baby, easy money. It's young Van Pugh, baby, and I'm back again. You already know, episode 106, man. Uh, The Olympics is over, pretty much. Uh, Closing ceremonies are today, and man, I had a good old time watching all these sports, especially the track. It definitely did not disappoint. The 100-yard dash, the 100-meter dash, Lamont Marcel Jacobs from Italy, pulling off the upset, beating the American guys, and Andre DeGrasse. I had no idea he was the guy that finished second to Usain Bolt in Rio in 2016. I had no idea. I wasn't paying attention because Usain Bolt was so good, I didn't even pay attention to the rest of them. I had no idea who was racing. He was just that much better than everybody else. I completely forgot about Andre DeGrasse. Well, now I can't forget now because he had a heck of an Olympics. Uh, He did get bronze. He got bronze in the 100 meter. He did get upset by the Italian guy. But (laughs) that Italian guy was moving. He He came out the gates moving. Now, someone did get disqualified, the guy from Great Britain. And then this guy from Nigeria who made the finals, he pulled up with a bad hamstring. That's unfortunate for him. But Lamont Marcel Jacobs was moving. Andre DeGrasse tried, but he he wasn't going to catch him. But now he did get gold. He did get gold in 200. He, uh, He beat the two American guys for the gold. Man, it's just, I I just, I like watching him run. I hope he's going to be in Paris in 2024. But you know how these Olympians are, man. To to get to that point, it just takes a lot of work, a lot of training. I'm sure they go through injuries and other little personal stuff. But um, I hope he's back. But screw the 2024 Olympics. I'm waiting for 2028. When it comes to the United States, and more importantly, L.A., I'm trying to be out there. I'm trying to be out there. I don't know how much it's going to cost for me to basically stay in L.A. for a week or whatever for the Olympics, but I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it. It's like I got seven years to prepare, and you know how life is, man. You you have all this time, but you procrastinate and wait till the last minute because life happens and it's hard to be proactive sometimes. But I'm trying to go because this Olympics was vicious, even without the fans and all the COVID stuff. And, it, you know, even without Sakari Richardson, it was still fun to watch. The Jamaicans dominated. I think even with Sakari in the Olympics, she would have lost to them Jamaican women. They weren't playing. Uh, Thompson, Hera, uh, Price. I think her name Fisher Price. No, I think. Um, those two girls was rolling. They're four by one team. Like that. So, Sakari wouldn't have beat wouldn't have beat them. There's no way. 
the only person that really said something about that was um, Emmanuel Acho. Because he, the people who really watched track knew that it was going to be hard for someone like Shikari to beat the Jamaicans and some of her American teammates. Even though, yeah, she won the Olympic trials, but she wasn't beating them girls from Jamaica. Like, they dominated the 4 by one they dominated the 100, and they dominated the 200. So it's like, man, they weren't, come on, come on. <laughs> it was just so much fun to watch. The 4 by one relay, I, I watched that like five or six times. Them guys was moving. Andre DeGrasse from Canada, he needed help. Because that last leg he ran in a 4 by one was spectacular. He, he did just enough to get them bronze. But I feel like they should have got more because he was moving. If he had any type of help, they probably would have won. Well, the Italians won that too because Lamont Marcel Jacobs ran a really good second leg that got them the lead. And then the, the leadoff and the third guy did just enough to stay afloat. And he and the third guy had a nice handoff to the anchor leg, whoever that was. I can't pronounce his name. I haven't tried to learn it. But that anchor leg booked. Booked. He he outran the guy from uh China. China had a really good semifinal to get into the final and, and beat the US. Um that that Italian guy ran a hell of a anchor leg. He was moving. I think Great Britain was right behind him. Or was it the US? No, US wasn't even in the finals. Four by one. It was sick. And then Andre DeGrasse making up the um the deficit to get the third. That was a hell of a race. <laughs> I I could watch that over and over again. The four hundred meter hurdle race was was dope. Kai Benjamin and uh Karsten Warholm. That was like that was like Baylor and Gonzaga. That was no, that was more so like Gonzaga UCLA with how close they were. That was a hell of a race. I didn't think I would enjoy a 400-meter hurdle race like that, but that that race was fire. I loved it. What else? I mean, at the very beginning, Raven Saunders from U.S., she got silver in shot put. I used to do a shot put in high school. I need, I need to go back and watch that event because I'm just amazed at these guys' footwork and how fast they spin around and glide to get those throws off. I never could get that right. And they just do it so effortlessly. And they got all that strength and power with it, too. Man, Raven Saunders got a lot of swag. She got the rainbow hair and the, the hawk mask. And she she thick, too. So she, 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 she twerking. Got a little something back there. It's like, bruh, I like her. She dope. She dope, you know. She was she was enjoying every moment, and she went through a lot too, both on both on the field, off the field, especially off the field. And just she's just another one of those Olympians that went through hell and back just to get to Tokyo. And when they got to Tokyo, they just showed out. You gotta love it. Uh, who else, man? Oh my God, that's Sydney McLaughlin girl. I think she's in her mid-20s now. Uh, she might be 21, actually. Um, 
I think she's like 22, 23. She killed the, I think it was a 400 meter hurdles. And then she came back with Allison Felix and they destroyed the four by four. It wasn't even close. It was a laugher. That was the most recent thing that happened. Um, her and the Dahlia Muhammad, Dahlia Muhammad and Sydney McLaughlin, they either 40 meter hurdles or just straight 400. But they, they're pretty good, especially in that relay. Women's volleyball won gold. Both, both beach volleyball and regular volleyball, women swept that. The men, I don't think they won or medaled in either one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, the women put on. They, they got a lot of gold medals. Women's basketball, I mean, come on. Did you really think they were going to lose? Like, they killed France, of course. I mean, I looked at two minutes of highlights of the women's basketball team versus Japan. And Japan, it don't look like any of them were taller than 5'6". Like, it don't, like, maybe six feet. Bruh. It looked like a mismatch. Of course, Brittany Griner had 30. I hope so. It was a mismatch down low. Didn't even need Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. You didn't even need Asia Wilson. They, they just, I mean, and, and the game was somewhat competitive, but come on. I, I knew the women were going to win. The only team I thought that could give them a run was Australia with my girl Lizzie. Liz Cambage, I would have loved to see that. But, you know, she wasn't in the Olympics because, you know, either mental health or just bad behavior or both. But she wasn't in the Olympics, and U.S. just straight wiped out Australia. They had no chance without Lizzie. And I expected that. Just some of these races, man, was just in track, which is very fun to watch. I love watching handball. Forgot who got gold and silver and bronze. But I like watching that. I watched a little water polo. The U.S. women won that too. Like, U.S. women got a lot of these gold medals. Like, we caught up to Canada because of the ladies. Facts. And, of course, the main event. The main event. Oh, before I get to the main event, Mr. Kevin Durant. Um... Baseball went out just like softball. They got to the gold medal game and lost to Japan 2-0. You've got to be kidding. Baseball and softball went out the same exact way, losing to Japan 2-0. Are you serious? And they both have been away from the Olympic stage since 2008. Softball won't be back till L.A., and that's one of the main things I'm going to see in L.A. in 2028 is softball. I definitely got to see me some softball for sure. If I don't watch anything else, I got to watch that. I don't know how much it's going to cost for me to do that that whole Olympic experience, but I'm down. I'm trying to do it. And if you try to come with me, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Man. Baseball, man, wow. They had a bunch of people on there I've never heard of. But Todd Frazier I heard of. He's with the Reds. Uh, 
Wasn't he with the Mets at one point? Man, with the White Sox probably. I definitely remember him when he was with the Reds. He was on that Olympic team, and it's just, man, they choked. But it's all about the main event, the men's basketball team. See, th- that was for all, this for all the non-believers. For all the non-believers. Like, when they lost to Nigeria, I had scratched. I was like, what are they doing? I didn't know what they were doing. But then, then later, once I thought about it, I was like, it's only preseason. It's only a scrimmage. Like, it's a joke. Like, we're not, I'm not worried. Then they lost to Australia. I was like, okay, it's still, we're still scrimmaging. No big deal. And we still had Bradley Bill. And I'm freestyling off the top for real. <laughs> all right, for real. All right, let me stop. Then, all right, they took care of Argentina. No big deal. Okay, I was like, okay, cool. They, they got something going. All right, then we had the whole Keldon Johnson, JaVel McGee. Man, I forgot all about that once they started winning games. They lost to France, and then that's when all hell broke loose, and people got worried, and people were saying they weren't going to win. They were, everyone was talking about France and Slovenia and Spain. Godly. I was like, man, we're going to be all right. The game changer was when we got Drew Holiday and Devin Booker. Haven't lost since. They came over to Tokyo after the finals. And they, they killed it. They killed it. They were even in the starting lineup in the finals, in the gold medal game. Now, Middleton, he ain't do all that much. But Booker and Holiday were definitely key contributors. But the main reason why they swept the competition after France, because I, I knew after they played France, I was like, Iran, they're going to kill Iran. Czech Republic... They won't be a pushover like Iran, but they're going to blow them out, too. And what happened? They blew them out, too. Then, I think it was the quarterfinals. Forgot who they played. It didn't matter. They bodied them. They played Spain. They played Spain. I was like, okay, they're number two in the world. But I'm like, the Gasol brothers are old. I'm not worried about Rudy Fernandez. I'm not worried about any of them guys. I'm not really. I was like, Spain is not as good as they used to be. Especially since Luka Doncic bodied them. I was like, I think Team USA can beat them. Made light work of them. Cool. Then we got Australia, who beat us in the scrimmages. And we were supposed to play them again, but then we had a COVID outbreak. We was going to beat them the second time, but... Okay, so we were in the semifinals to get in the gold medal game. Beat them, too, by double digits. Come on. Come on, this is too easy. Patty Mills went off, but I knew that's all they really had. No Ben Simmons. That team is more dangerous with Ben Simmons. I don't care what y'all said, but he wasn't there. So we took care of them, even though Patty Mills went off. Now, this is a surprise. I thought Slovenia was going to beat France. I really did. But they didn't. Because Luka Doncic got hurt. And he only had like 16 points. They were playing some serious defense in that game. It was very hard to get to the rim. I saw some crazy blocks. 
Like, they were going off. Like, that, that was a really hard-fought game. And Luka, Luka still had a triple-double. Even with a hurt wrist, he still had 16, 18, and 10. Oh, my God. He liked that. I'm telling you, he is the future. In fact, don't be surprised. In L.A. 2028 or even Paris 2024, you're going to see the USA versus Slovenia, Luka versus Trey Young. It's going to be like Magic versus Bird. I'm telling you. I would go to my grave keep saying that, bro, for real. But Kevin Durant, he went off against Australia. France beat Slovenia at the buzzer pretty much because of that Nicholas Batum block. Against France, France and USA, this is revenge. They're the only team to beat us in the Olympics. They beat us in the world championship, that embarrassing loss in the quarterfinals. Like, wow. And France lost the next game. That, that was the crazy part. Okay, they beat us the last two times. Well, I was watching the game at first, Brick City. Team USA was missing routine jump, and France pulled ahead. But it's like the switch flipped after that. Like, then Team USA, they quit playing. Kevin Durant was getting to his spots. And the next thing you know, Kevin Durant had 26 after three, and Team USA was up nine in third. They, they pretty much kept France at a 9 to 12 point distance the entire game. But at the end, they start dicking around, turning the ball over, missing free throws. Dame Lillard missed two free throws. I mean, I know he had the injury. You could still make two free throws at the end of the game. It got cut to three with like 12 seconds to go. But of course, what I noticed about France that last four minutes, they started pressing, and they started taking some shots that they didn't need to be taking, and they were rushing their threes. They weren't getting set, and, and they took some horrendous shots. And Team USA was just more poised. They were just more poised, and that's why they won, and they won the gold medal after all these people doubted. All these people thought they were going to be out in the semifinals. Everyone hyped up Australia, France, and Slovenia. Slovenia didn't even medal. They lost to freaking Australia. They went undefeated the whole Olympics and then lost their last two games to not medal. Y'all hyped all of them up. But at the end of the day, he got Kevin Durant. And as long as we got Kevin Durant, I fear nothing. On God. This man, 26 after three quarters. He could have easily had 40. But in the fourth quarter, he kind of fell back and was passing it out a little bit and missed a few shots. So he fell back. But Kevin Durant was spectacular. He has five gold medals. Or, yeah, no. Well, listen, he has as many gold medals as Carmelo Anthony. Whether that's three or five, I can't remember right now. I should have wrote that down. It don't matter. And he's the leading scorer in Olympic history. He's killing it. They couldn't stop him. Once he got to a spot with that little crossover, done. Can't stop him. You can't stop him at all. Because with a man like Kevin Durant, you cannot lose. Real talk. Congrats to Team USA shutting all the haters up, bringing home the gold. I'm proud. I'm happy. 
and the haters will be quiet for a while. Now, Trey Young is up next. Trey Young is up next. I'm telling you. And he just got a big contract, too. He just got a big contract, too. He got he got an extension, five-year, 172 mil, $34 million a year, because that's a rookie contract extension max. I'm telling you, man, he only going to get better. Eventually, he going to be the best point guard in the league. And if not the best, top three. And he'll definitely be in the Olympics in Paris and in L.A. You can't, like, not have Trey Young in the next two Olympics. I'm telling you. Just wait. Just watch. Man, but the Olympics was awesome. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Can't wait till the next one. I definitely can't wait till the one after that. Dang, I spent a long time on this, but it was just that much fun. It was that fun. It was that much fun. Oh, one thing I forgot. Women's soccer lost to Canada. Wow, I didn't know Canada was that good. And then they won the gold medal, so I guess they are that good. They won the bronze game against Sweden. So I'm happy about that. No, that wasn't Sweden. They played. Whoever they played, I forgot. Just like that. <laughs> I'm loafing. Hey, yo, Team USA, the, women, the women's soccer team who half of America hates. Half of America hates the women's soccer team. Um, and a good portion of them just don't care because it's women's sports. But yeah, they are the least, one of the least like elite Olympic teams, if not the least like Olympic team. They beat Canada. I mean, they lost to Canada. Then they won bronze. Whatever, man, you can't win them all. And the world is catching up and our stars are getting old. It is what it is, bro. It is what it is. Bro, what the heck? I'm watching Big Brother live feeds. My man Derek X in some costume and got like a trumpet. What the heck? Bro, Derek X is a beast. I should have a Big Brother segment, but it ain't that serious. Just know that Derek X and Tiffany are probably going to be in the final two. Sarah Beth is a baddie. Whitney is a baddie, but she just went home. Like, Alyssa's bad. Look like a model. <laughs> Xavier is a beast, but will probably lose before injury. Tiffany's a MILF. I'm done. All right, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about Big Brother for now. I'll come back to that later. All right, now NBA free agency. So I just talked about Trey Young getting his extension. Steph Curry got a four-year, $215 million extension. So hopefully that quiets down the talk about him going to the Lakers because I thought that was ridiculous. Like, like LeBron and Steph Curry are going to team up. Like, come on. Come on. Um, <laughs> like, they uh, – like, Steph Curry is just really tied to the Warriors and the Bay Area, man. Why would he leave? He's like the best player in franchise history. Why would they just let him go out the door like that? Come on. What do y'all think this is, Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, this ain't the Washington Nats either. We don't just let, they're not just going to let their star go. Good Lord. Uh, so, but, but his contract, $50 million a year, $60 million. 
the last year of his contract. The last two years not guaranteed. That makes sense, though, because he is getting old. And at the end of his contract, he'll be 37. So if he's like, if he's like completely broken down by then, then the Warriors have some sort of an out, which I which helps. That's that's good. They have some sort of an out, and they can save some money. But man, that's a lot of money. Good lord, I have a feeling though the way general inflation goes and how TV contracts and streaming services, the money they're getting from that, it's only a matter of time before people getting seventy million dollar contracts. Because they're just making money hand over fist. And they're not slowing down. And the contracts are going to get bigger. I mean, just wait. Trey Young might get paid $60 million eventually. Real talk. And speaking of the Hawks, John Collins got five years, 125. I thought they were going to let him go. I thought he was going to ask for too much money. And he wasn't going to return. I thought he was going to go somewhere else. But he ends up staying in Atlanta. I'm happy him and Trey are, you know, still together. That's good. They're going to take the league by storm. Just wait. Now, Miami, Miami's lit. They got Kyle Lowry in the side and trade. They got Kyle Lowry. They got Victor Oladipo to resign. Bruh, if they can keep everybody healthy, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, dog, Duncan Robinson. Somehow they still got Tyler Hero. Dog, this team is going to make some noise. Now, at the end of the day, it's all about the Nets and the Bucks. But after that, the Hawks, the Heat, they're going to battle it out. The Knicks, the Knicks got better. They got Kemba. They got, um, they re-signed Derrick Rose. They still got R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. They got, they got a nice little squad over there. They got some, some other people. I, I should have wrote down. <laughs> oh, man. That's all you got to love about this show, the lack of preparation. But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, yo. Man, go ahead, dog. Um, but let's talk about, okay, Patty Mills, if he can play like he did in the Olympics, he had like 30 something in the bronze medal game. He went off on Slovenia. He went off on the United States. I think he had 30 something on team USA and he had like 42 against Slovenia. Like this guy still got it. And if he can play like that with the Nets, with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant? Oh, my God. They got Blake Griffin back, too. Oh, my God. It's over. It's over. They're definitely going to win the East. If they stay healthy, oh, my God. They might, lo- they might lose one game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's how good they can be. That team is lit. Now, okay, the Bulls did some interesting stuff. They got Caruso from the Lakers. They got Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans. And they got Evan Fournier from the Celtics. 
This to go along with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. You got all these underrated players. If you could have them mesh and gel together, it is a wrap. Well, they'll at least be in the playoffs. Now, whether they get past Philly, Boston, New York, both New York teams, Atlanta, whether they get past them, I don't know. In Miami, maybe the East is the East is getting more competitive. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be hard for the Wizards to make the playoffs with these teams stacking up like this. Oh my God. I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. The best the Wizards could probably do is eighth place. Hey yo, why Brittany on Big Brother is blowing Derek X trumpet? <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that. I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> He's blowing his trumpet, bro. He just put his mouth on that. Alright, whatever, man. I don't know what they doing out here, man. They loafing. This is a sports show. I promise. We got to talk about the Lakers. They got Westbrook from the Wizards. So I talked about that. And it's official now. I mean, all the Lakers that are Wizards now, they're in their little Wizards uniforms and they're taking pictures. Man, I don't know. The best we're going to do is like eighth place. So I don't even know why I'm getting excited about this season. Maybe they'll surprise me and end up fifth. Because one of these teams are overhyped ends up being trash. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But you know the Lakers only had on their active roster Marcus All, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Everyone else wasn't signed. They were all free agents. So I knew they had to fill their team. So when they traded for Westbrook, I was like, so who else are they going to put on their team? Who they put on a team after that will be everything. So then this is this what they did. So they re-signed THT, who it's probably come up in a lot of trade offers. They decided to hold on to him. They think the world of him. They re-signed him. That makes a lot of sense. Kendrick Nunn, the minute I saw he wasn't re-signing with the Heat, I was like, oh, he going to the Lakers. I'm not even kidding. The same day he was on the Lakers. Not even kidding. I was like, okay, they got Kendrick Nunn. He's a solid backup guard. Cool. They got Carmelo Anthony. He's been rumored to be with the Lakers for two years now. And now he's finally on the Lakers. Let's see how that goes. They got Trevor Ariza, who it seems like he's on the Lakers for like the third time. This is like his third time on the Lakers in like 13 years. That's crazy. This is probably the last dance, though, for him with the Lakers. Because after this, he either going to go somewhere else or he's going to be out the league. Wayne Ellington, who just seems to stick around being a role player, coming off the bench, good shooter. North Carolina. Dwight Howard might start at center. Because I don't see anyone. I mean, you put Anthony Davis at the four. You need a five, right? He'll probably start. Uh, Kent Bazemore. Another solid role player. He was starting with the Hawks a few years ago. But he was like, or maybe he came off the bench too. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's he's all right, man. He's he's a journeyman. He's okay. He's a solid veteran. 
We'll see what happens. Malik Monk, though. Now, that's interesting. Malik Monk, high draft pick by the Hornets, known for his shooting. Bro, they all blowing on his trumpet, bro. They all putting their mouth on it, bro. Bro, what the hell, bro? <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, anyway, Malik Monk, known for his shooting, high draft pick, still young, a lot of potential. He's with the Lakers. And looking at this roster, if he grind, if he can grind, he can start. If he if he's on his buggy, if he on his grind, he can start. And just imagine a Malik Monk reaching his potential. Westbrook, LeBron, AD, and I guess the White Howard at the five. That's a solid starting lineup. Now, someone said, I think it was Colin Cowherd, that this is the best team in the league in 2012. Yeah, that makes sense. Imagine NBA 2K12 with Westbrook, the White Howard, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, it wouldn't be fair. It would not be fair at all. You, bruh, that's four All-Stars. They all made the All-Star game in 2012. But now they're all past their prime. Like, literally all of them. Literally all of them. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, they got a solid roster, but this is a classic win-now roster. Sign a bunch of veterans and just hope for the best. Hey, this reminds me of the 98 Bulls. A lot of them guys were old, and a lot of them guys left after 98. The last dance. That's why we got the last dance, because of that. But I'm interested to see what happens with that. That's going to be... That's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be fun to watch, I promise. Well, I I wish them the best. Would love to see Melo get a a ring. I would love to see LeBron get another ring, even though he got a lot of haters and a lot of people would disagree with my statement. I would like to see it. It would be dope. Real life. All right, now I'm going to talk about the Nats. So, yeah, the guy I hyped up, in this little fire cell that the Nationals did was Jordy Barty. But once I did my research and looked through all our teams, like our major league team and all our uh, minor league affiliates, this guy is on literally the lowest team in Fredericksburg. Maybe I could go see him in Fredericksburg. He, he plays shortstop. Maybe he's probably starting for them. But that's the guy hyped up. Wrong. The best prospect in the trades with the Athletics, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the Padres is Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray is a beast. Like, before this trade, the only Josiah I knew was my little cousin. And, you know, they call him JoJo, too. Just like Josiah Gray. And this guy. I did a little bit of research on baseball reference. He only started three games in his career. I He was in the minors from like 2017 to 2020. I think he may have started in 2018. So this guy, he struck out seven 
versus the Giants. I got it right here. He struck out seven versus the rival Giants when he was with the Dodgers. And that's a big-time game. That's a big-time game for someone making their first start because they're arguably the top two teams in the league. Came up big, seven strikeouts, six strikeouts versus Colorado. He's 23 years old. He's from New York City suburbs. Then this guy with the Nationals. I didn't think he'd start this fast. I thought he was going to be in AAA. But nope. The way our pitching rotation is, I mean, come on. Patrick Corbin is our ace. Come on. There's room for new starters. So I guess he's our fifth starter for now. And he, against Philly, I got it right here. Five innings pitch, four hits allowed, one run, one earned run, two strikeouts. But we lost 7-5 because, for freak's sake, our best offensive options are Soto and Josh Bell. And Soto's hurt, by the way. Yeah, it's all falling apart. It's all falling apart. But this guy is a bright spot, and I hope I get to catch him play. In the next three games I go to, I'm definitely going to the Braves game. One of the Braves games next weekend, I'm targeting Saturday. Uh, he just, once again, he pinched against the Braves yesterday in Atlanta and struck out 10 and gave up two runs. Like this guy, I like this guy already. I like this guy already. And, he, and he's a brother. He's black. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I'm a fan already. And he, he's going to do great things for the Nationals, and he's only 23. Scherzer did all that stuff for us, and he was in his 30s. So just imagine what this guy can do. His potential is through the roof. And he's already off to a great start in D.C. He keep, he keep playing like this, he's going to be our ace. Not Strasburg or Corbin. They're going to be long gone. This guy has the potential to be our ace. And I'm excited, and I can't wait. But, yeah, I'm going to Braves game next week. Then I'm definitely going to that Blue Jays game, one of them, hopefully that Tuesday one, because I got to see what Brad Hand does in his return to D.C., see if he really bout that life. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, I think we're going to get him, even with our compromised lineup, where, I mean, all of our top prospects are playing in the majors now. Uh, Soto, Robles, Garcia, Keyboom. Uh, all we're missing is Kay Cavalli. Like, uh, our top prospects the last five years, they're all in the majors now. And even the guys like um, Klobuchar, who was buried in AAA and AA, I thought he was included in the trade, too. But he was in our farm system. He's playing now. I think we got Mason Thompson from the Padres. So he's another major piece in that trade because we, um, we gave them Daniel Hudson. So, we, so they gave us Mason Thompson. Mason Thompson and Gabe Klobuchar are both 6'7". Forget relief pitching. I'm trying to start a basketball team. For real, man, we dominate DC Frey. I mean, come on, I'd average 25 and 10. 
I just throw it up to those guys. Boom, that's my 10 assists right there. But for real, though, we got all these young guys, and I just hope for the best. You know, we don't. I don't expect us to do well the rest of the year, which is a shame because this was a perfect season for us to BS and win the division. I mean, look at the Mets. They've lost like 9 of 11. They've lost four straight. The Phillies caught them, and now they're leading their division, and the Phillies aren't even that good. The Phillies aren't even that good, but they've built kind of a winning streak just by playing the Mets and the Nationals. What? They're not even that good. The Braves are not that good, and they don't have Acuna. This was the year to BS and end up in the playoffs anyway. And you know from 2019, if you get in the playoffs, anything's possible. But, nope, people got hurt. We lost a lot of games. We sold all our key pieces. And now we're just rebuilding, playing young people. And hopefully we got enough money to pay Juan Soto and a few free agents. That's where we're at now. This was the year. This was the year to catch the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves. Like, we had them. We had them. Before June, we were two and a half games out. And we all knew the Mets were going to come down off that hill with all them injuries and no DeGrom. Like, come on. Like, it was only a matter of time before someone catched them and someone caught them, and it just happened to be the Phillies. Wow. Speaking of the Phillies, they got swept by the Phillies. Four straight. Four straight. And you know what's funny? In two of them games, the Nats had the lead in the ninth inning. One of them games, they gave up five in the ninth inning. Like, what? What? They gave up four. Bruh. Five. That was the end of, I think, that was after Brad Hand. But that was the end of Wander Suero, who is in AAA now. I saw Wander Suero's, one of Wander Suero's best game. I think that bought him some time. Um, when I was in Philly, a week and a half ago, uh, Wander Suero pitched a really good game, and he didn't allow any runs. And I was like, okay, Wander Suero getting it together. And then he has a game like that, and then, you know, the coaching staff seen enough. They sent him to AAA. Good riddance. Like, he was loafing the entire season. But he was the reason why we lost that series opener. We gave up four runs in the eighth. <laughs> oh my god last week in philly we should have won that one gave up four in the ninth last game like it's just ridiculous man like i'm telling you philly ain't even that good but they won four straight against us they won five straight against us in half of those games we had the lead late in the game them guys aren't that good man you gotta be kidding me they're going to get blasted in the playoffs. They probably said that about us, too. But, no, seriously. They're going to get blasted in the playoffs. Real live. Because they're not that good. For real. But speaking of baseball, the next year's schedule looks good. Because um, we get the AL West coming to D.C. We get the AL West coming to D.C. So, that means we finally get the Astros. Finally, for the first time since 2019. I can't wait, and I will be there at least one game. Um, so I, I'm, consider, I'm definitely making a trip to Philly. 
I might make a trip to New York. Trips to Atlanta and Miami are tempting because I got family in Atlanta. And, you know, I got to try Magic City. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. And you already know I've always wanted to go to Miami. So I, that's on the table. Pittsburgh's only five hours away. I can go see that. That's early in the season. You know, I could go go to Pittsburgh and see that. Cincinnati isn't that far. Like maybe seven, eight hours, I guess. Uh, the Angels in Baltimore, I got a chance to see that this year. Shohei Altani. But it'll be even better next year with a healthy Rendon and Trout. Ooh. Ooh. Them in Baltimore next year? If they all healthy, that's going to be a show. I'm telling you. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Cleveland's always on the table. I love Cleveland. Was there for the draft. I was there before for uh, Indians, Yankees. That place is dope. So I, I wouldn't mind going out there for Indians game. Uh, maybe against the Angels. I'm sure it'd be good. Uh, the Dodgers come here in late May. The Phillies play here on Father's Day. I I would love to boo Bryce, Bryce Harper on, on Father's Day. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, maybe I can take my dad to that game. He was out of town this year. Maybe this year he'll be in town and we, we'll get to go to that game. That would be dope. And maybe he can bring his, his girl too. Of course, right after that Father's Day series, we got the Orioles in Baltimore I've always wanted to see a Nats-Orioles game in Baltimore. I had a good chance this year, but I faded it to get lift money. So, you know, it's a chance for next year. Um, of course, when I look at the Nats schedule, the first thing I look at is the 4th of July. I always go. I always I always try to go to, to the Nationals game on 4th of July. And we're playing the Marlins this year. That's not very attractive. But you know what? Whatever. We always play them around that time period. Because it was one year, I think we played the Cubs on 4th of July, and then we played the Marlins the very next day. I think I I went to that game because that's back when I had the season tickets. I think that, and that was the game where we came back from 9-0. So we actually got the Marlins on 4th of July this time. I think we've had them on 4th of July before. It's not that attractive of a matchup, but I'm still going to go. Um, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm excited about next year. Our youngins are going to be playing, and hopefully they're better. And hopefully we get some key free agents and, and put out a competitive team because these teams ain't like that. These teams in our division ain't like that. They don't scare me. But we loafing, and they're just going to run away from us, even though they're not that good. But we're kind of tanking, so we just got to take that out. Uh, it's unfortunate. All right, so real quick before I get to the hypothetical game of the episode, Carson Wentz got hurt again, out 5 to 12 weeks. I felt bad for him, but shout out to Utina McPherson, uh, part of, I, I call her head of the, Jalen Hurts, MILF Brigade. Every time I post about Carson Wentz, she rolls her eyes like, oh, brother, here we go again. (laughs) She knows that Carson Wentz is overrated and kept Jalen Hurts on the bench for no good reason. 
I don't think he's overrated. I mean, he had he had a long track record of good play. It just all fell apart mentally and kind of physically. It's just a shame, man, because you can't it's really tricky with Carson. You can't really say he's injury prone because he played 16 games like three times. And one of those times he just happened to get hurt in the playoffs. Wow. Well, last year, he was healthy the entire season. He just got benched. That was the third time I was thinking of. He just got benched. So, and then, of course, he had the ACL that one time. That was key. But, yeah, outside of that, he's played a lot of games. So, for him to get hurt in training camp is somewhat unusual. But in a prove-it year for him, the way things have gone for him lately... I mean, he really need to be healthy and ready to go. And this happens. A foot injury that lingered and lingered, kind of like my runner's knee, just lingered and lingered. And finally, it just became too much. He aggravated it. And now he has to get surgery. He got surgery. Now he's out 5 to 12 weeks. Best case scenario, he'll be back for like week three. Worst case scenario, we're halfway through the season, and he's not playing. So they're probably going to go with Jason, Jacob Eason, maybe Sam Ellinger, probably Jacob Eason. So get ready for Jacob Eason, real talk. It's just a shame what happened to Carson. I was kind of rooting for him, even though, you know, he was awful last year and is a questionable teammate. And I guess in the case of uh, people who really like Jalen Hurts, uh, he held him back, but it's okay. I'm, I, I mean, I still appreciate what he did for the Eagles before last year. So I want to see him do well because I really think he's he got the talent to be a great quarterback in this league. I mean, for freak's sake, through 11 weeks, he was damn near the MVP in 2017. So he can. So we've seen the potential. We've seen him at his best. He can return to that. But we'll see after the injury. It's just not a good look for him. I, I feel bad. I really do. Uh, don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Big Brother Live Fees is crazy, bro. Like, uh, Alyssa. Alyssa's getting a massage. Like, Live Fees, 24 hours. It, she's getting a massage, and then everybody else sleep. Man, what the heck, bro? <laughs> oh, and another thing about the Nats schedule, uh, Oakland's coming to D.C. for the first time since 2005 when the team basically was born. Basically the first year when we were back in RFK and I was in middle school close to RFK. Like, since then. That's crazy. That is insane. Anyway... All right, last thing before the hypothetical game of the episode. Speaking of Scherzer, who we traded away, my favorite player on the Nationals, traded him away. I kind of teared up. It kind of choked me up. But he had to go for monetary reasons and the future direction of the team. He, he debuted for the Dodgers against the Astros. The most hyped baseball games of the year just happen to be Dodger games. 
anytime the Dodgers play the Giants, the best two teams in the league, arguably, it's it's live. It's lit. Anytime the Dodgers play the Padres, it's lit. Then you got the Dodgers versus the Astros. You know they go back and forth online and stuff. Their fan base is going back and forth because of what happened and the Astros cheating scandal and how the Astros beat them in 2017 or whatever. That's a little bit, that's kind of a rivalry. And Scherzer debuted for that, and it was a packed Dodgers house. So that game was hype. And Scherzer did not disappoint. Seven innings pitched, five hits allowed, two earned runs, ten strikeouts. Like, that makes me miss the guy. I was like, damn, I wish we had that. But we do not. He's gone. Unfortunately. But I got to remember, this is just short term. He can't pitch forever. So I just got to be happy with what we got. Do I wish we still had him? Of course. But he got to pitch in such a crazy environment against the Astros. And the Dodgers fans love him. And, you know, I'm happy for Max. And, uh, you know, if they win a title, I'd be cool with it. It is what it is. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is between the 2008 Lions, and the 2017 Browns. Both teams went 0-16. I never really wondered what would happen between the two if they faced off. But, you know, what started off as a punchline last episode turned into a hypothetical game, and now it's showtime. It is showtime. Oh, and next week, Next week, as a as a follow up, as a spinoff, the hypothetical game of the episode will be will be between the college quarterbacks that would help save both fan- franchises B- between Matt Stafford and Baker Mayfield, the 08 Georgia Bulldogs, and the 2017 Oklahoma Sooners. The 2017 Oklahoma Sooners should be the favorite. I'm not really being biased, but seriously. I I think they got to be the favorite in that situation. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. So, this game is at Ford Field. And here we go. All right. To start off with, uh, who got the ball? Who got the ball? I, I got it. Shout out to What If Sports. Um, Cleveland goes three and out. So then Detroit gets the ball. And right off the bat, Kevin Smith with a 12-yard run with a face mask. So he gets an extra five yards. Don't really do anything after that. So they they um, they do just enough, actually, to get a field goal. So it's 3 nothing. Detroit. So then... Once again, Deshaun Kaiser actually competes a long pass, 33 yards, to Ricardo Lewis. And they get to the Detroit 49. 
However, they go three and out after that, and they punt again. So Detroit gets the ball back. Um, Dan Orlovsky had a nice pass to Calvin Johnson for 12 yards, and they dink and dunk down the field. Dink and dunk down the field. Orlovsky had another good pass to McDonald for 32 yards, but that drive ends up in another field goal, and it's 6-0 Detroit. So the first quarter ends with Cleveland driving 6-0 Detroit. And this is where this is where it gets interesting. So Cleveland's driving. They're in Detroit territory. Duke Johnson Jr. ran to the sideline for eight yards on their 27. That was a big play. Um, after Crowell gets a first down. The Browns drive all the way to the nine where Deshaun Kaiser throws a touchdown pass to Seth Devolve for a touchdown. And it is now 6-6 with the extra point. 7-6, 2017, Cleveland Browns. So 7-6, Cleveland Browns. So now Detroit's been moving the ball the whole time. Dan Orlovsky is killing it. He's destroying it. And once again, they drive all the way down the field. And this time, they punch it in. Kevin Smith, 10-yard touchdown. And now Detroit is up 12-7. to Extra point, 13-7. to So here we go. Now, see, things are picking up now. So Cleveland starts at their own 20. They stall at first, and then, and then they they pick it up. Cause Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Kaiser hits self devolve for a twenty three yard third down pass play, and that was very key to keep that drive going. Because they drive all the way down the field, and once again they score because of the Deshaun Kaiser scramble for 11 yards and now 14-13 with the extra point. And so, so, okay. So Detroit gets to the 35, gets to Cleveland's 35, but their Hail Mary attempt fails and they go into the half 14-13. So third quarter. See, this is where Cleveland kind of takes over. Cleveland takes over. See, okay, Detroit three and out to come out the half. Then, then Kaiser gives it to Rashad Higgins, who makes a guy miss and gets 27 yards on the play. And then from Detroit 16, Cleveland drives and Crowell runs for a 7-yard touchdown and it is 20 to 13 Cleveland extra point 21-13 2017 Cleveland So once again um actually Detroit goes 5 and out Detroit goes 5 and out 
never really left their own side of the field. They actually went backwards because of penalties. So they punted again, and Cleveland drives all the way down the field. And it's highlighted by a pass to uh, Christian Coleman. Remember him from Baylor? He was nice. So a long field goal by Cleveland, 45 yards by Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez, and it's 24-13. So not much happens in the third. And we go to the fourth, 24-13, 2017 Cleveland. And now we're in the fourth quarter. (coughs) Now we're in the fourth quarter where Detroit starts from their own 17, drives to the Cleveland 37, but does nothing. They punt it away. I guess their kicker doesn't really kick long field goals. It is what it is. Kaiser hit Seth DeValve on another key 15-yard play, and he hit Duke Johnson Jr. on a 10-yard play, but ultimately they settled for a field goal. Not much going on from both teams. Uh, Last chance for Detroit. Last chance for Detroit, two minutes to go. Uh, Norris, Norris rushed for a loss of one. Then Kaysan carries a loss of two, third and 13. Cleveland um, encroachment, no play. And then now it's third and eight. Dan Orlowski scrambles, overflow, overthrows Fury, and it's, it's incomplete. Now it's fourth down and eight, 139 to go. If they don't get this, it's over. Dan Orlowski was back to pass. Tried to hit Stanford on a dig, and it is incomplete through his hands. And it looks like the 2017 Cleveland Browns are going to hold on. And that is that is it. That is the hypothetical game of the episode. 2017 Cleveland Browns, 27. 2008 Lions 13. So that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.